Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today we start our 21-day fast as a church, and I know maybe some of you here today don't know what fasting is all about, and, and hopefully I will, can explain that to you uh, more today. But I know some of you have been fasting every year with us as we start off the year with a 21-day fast, and you maybe have modified your fast. Maybe you do different types of fasts. I know for my wife and I, we usually normally do a Daniel's fast where we kind of cut out the meats and the, the things that you really, like the desserts that you, know, you really want and, and all those different things. We cut those things out. We go towards more fruits, vegetables. And it's a way uh, for us to sacrifice those things that we want and guess what? We take that and we dedicate it to the Lord. We say, no, Lord, we're going to focus on you this 21 days. Not that we don't focus on the Lord all the year long, but we spend 21 days here just really focusing on the goodness of God. And the key to the fast is that you're fasting something that is important to you, that you're surrendering it to God. I know some fast social media, some fast gaming, uh, some fast TV. Whatever is important to you, I encourage you to surrender that to God. Fasting is an opportunity to put less priority on the physical and more priority on the spiritual. At the end of the service today, and if you're joining us online, we want to say welcome. And at the end of the service today, we're also going to participate in communion. And you should have communion cups that are, that are through the seats there. And if you're watching us online, we encourage you to get, get some juice and get some bread and join us in communion at the end of the service here today. Um, and we're not going to end there. As Brett shared earlier, tonight at 6 p.m., we're going to come back and for a time of prayer. Uh, one hour, hour and 15 minutes, we're just going to pray. Some of you are going like, Pastor Tom, how can you pray for an hour? Come join us and find out. <laughs> Be a part of it. Um, I must address one other concern before I begin my message. <clears throat> and sometimes pastors have to address different concerns within the church, so I need to address that here today. I got several text messages over the week, uh, and they were so concerning about how I was doing because they just found out that Salt Creek Grill is closing in Dana Point. I know you guys thought there was something really serious going on. Salt Creek Grill is closing in Dana Point. If you happen to know, it's one of our favorite restaurants. And then some of you have been so kind to bless us with gift cards over the last couple of years, uh, either through our birthday or through Pastor's Appreciation Day. And so I have gift cards. And I know a lot of you guys are concerned, what is Pastor Tom going to do with those gift cards? I've used them, just FYI. Uh, last last uh, uh, Monday, uh, Nett's birthday is uh, on January 1st. She's a New Year's Day baby. And so last Monday... Uh, we took the entire family out to Salt Creek Grill, had steak dinner, whatever we wanted. And just so you know how blessed I am as a pastor and how blessed you or how generous you guys are as a congregation, I had enough gift cards that I took 11 of our family members out and never had to pay a dime. Yeah, that was a lot of gift cards. If we've been collecting over the last couple of years. And so I just want to say thank you for your generosity, but they did not go waste. If you gave us a gift, Guess what? It got used. So uh, anyhow, but uh, yeah, and now it's too late, guys. You're in a fast, so Salt Creek Grill is no longer available for you. So there you go. Um, 
Today I've titled the message of this, ser- of this service, Fasting for Battle, or Fasting for Spiritual Battle. Um, I want to start off in the last few verses of Matthew chapter 3. We are given an account of Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And many of you probably have heard this part before, but I want to just kind of read this for context for today's message. I'm going to start at verse 16 of Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17 as well. And it says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Then in the next verses, we're going to step into the temptations of Christ when he was led out into the wilderness. And we're going to just focus today on the first four verses of Matthew chapter 4. And let me read it to you today. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, that's a long fast, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God... It's always interesting that the devil wants to challenge who we are. If you are the Son of God, if you are a child of God, stand against the enemy's tactics, okay? If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is powerful and it is effective and it changes lives. And we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come into this place and fill each and every one of us with your presence. And I pray, God, as your word is shared today, that it will not return void. But, God, that we will leave today, Lord God, stronger than ever before. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The first takeaway from this passage of Scripture is the thought that God the Father, and I want you to catch this, that God the Father can be pleased with you during times of great testing. So many times when we walk into testing or we walk into tribulations, we walk into difficulties, many times we think that the Lord is not pleased with us. Well, what have I done? What Man, is there something that I've done? Why is this all happening to me? I want you to understand that Jesus, that that the Lord said when he was being baptized, Jesus saw heavens open and that a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And the very next thing that takes place is this. He's led by the Spirit of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, out into the wilderness to be tested. See, those two things can be together. You can you not be outside of God's will and still be tested. You can be going through difficulties and struggles and, and troubles, and God can still be pleased with you. In fact, the difficulties and the struggles could be an opportunity to show God's glory through your life because you're putting your faith in Jesus Christ. So many times we get confused when we walk through tribulations and difficulties, and we think that God has punished us. Maybe he's just getting us ready for battle. Paul states that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. 
And character produces hope. Persecution and trials are opportunities to test our spiritual character. And they can absolutely be a blessing from God, as crazy as that might sound. Tribulations and difficulties can actually be a blessing. I can speak to that truth myself in my own life. When I've gone through difficulties, when I've gone through struggles, when I get on the other side of it, I can go, man, Lord, I have learned so much about your faithfulness, your goodness, your kindness, your gentleness. I want to say thank you. Even though I might not have enjoyed the trial, thank you because I have grown so much in my life understanding who you are. Now I want you to notice something very interesting. Jesus prepared himself for battle against the devil by fasting. And this wasn't a light fast. This is a 40-day. How many of you guys have done a 40-day fast before? Yeah, I didn't. I see one hand out there. I have never done a 40-day fast. 40-day fast. That is a long fast. And the first temptation that the devil throws at Jesus is food. Why not? Come on, think about it. Jesus hadn't eaten in 40 days, and he was hungry. The devil, and I want you to think about this thought. The devil will always tempt you in the areas that he views weakness in your life. Jesus was hungry. hungry. He said, oh, I can tempt him in this area. See, there's areas of our life where the devil might view there's weakness, and he's going to try to tempt you in those areas. The devil saw Jesus' hunger, but what the devil didn't understand, Jesus' hunger was from the result of his surrender to the Heavenly Father. The hunger represented Jesus' preparation for a spiritual battle. Jesus was ready for a fight. And don't forget, this battle... This battle from the devil is a big deal. Sometimes we just kind of look at this part of the scripture and this part of the passage and think Jesus went through this temptation in the wilderness. Big deal, great thing. This was a big deal. Do you know if Jesus would have lost, if he would have failed in this testing, if that somehow where he would have given in to the devil's temptations, that guess what? Our salvation, we would have no hope of salvation today. Because we needed a perfect sacrifice, a perfect Lamb of God, and Jesus passed the tests in the wilderness. It was a big deal. His entering into the world would have been for nothing if he wouldn't have passed this test. Isn't it interesting Jesus chose fasting as the best way to prepare himself for a spiritual battle? Why? We're going to answer that question in today's message. You might not realize, but every time Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus responded by quoting scripture from the Old Testament. Specifically, passages from Deuteronomy. I think there was one time he quoted in the book of Psalms, but mostly from the book of Deuteronomy. Remember what Jesus told the devil in the temptation of turning the stone into bread in Matthew 4.4? We just read it. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I want you to listen to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to read the first two verses, verses 2 and and 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is where Jesus is quoting from when he is facing the enemy, when he's facing the devil. And the devil says, you know, you're so hungry. Why don't you just turn these stones into bread? And Jesus could have done it. But he said, no, man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that comes from the Heavenly Father. Where does he get that? Let me read it to you right now. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. This is Moses talking to the children of Israel. That he, must, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna. Manna was kind of a type of seed that they would make bread out of, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live, and here's that scripture, man does not live by bread alone, but by man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8.3. Jesus is bringing a parallel teaching from what had happened in the wilderness with the Israelites to what is happening now with Jesus. In Deuteronomy 8, God was preparing to deliver the Israelites out of the bondage of Egypt, out of their slavery. He was bringing them into freedom, into the promised land. But God had to prepare them for this change. Now remember, who was the, who was the person that led the Israelites into the promised land? Was it Moses? It was Joshua. It wasn't Moses at this point. It was Joshua. And in parallel to the deliverance led by Joshua, Jesus, and some of you might not know this, but Jesus in the Greek is Joshua, and it's the same word that Joshua is in the Greek as well, Joshua. There's a parallel here that Jesus is bringing about. And so Jesus is the one who leads us out of bondage of sin into the promised land of heaven. Just like when Joshua led the people out of Egypt into the promised land, Guess what? Jesus spiritually leads us out of the bondage of sin into the promised land of heaven, into eternal life, if we put our faith in him. Now let's return to my earlier question. Why did Jesus choose fasting as the best way to prepare for spiritual battle? And the first thought I want to share with you is this. Fasting demonstrates our submission to God. Jesus was preparing for a spiritual battle. The battle wasn't going to be won through human strength. It was going to be won through God's power. When we learn to deny the flesh, it will help us overcome the temptation that the enemy tries to seduce us with. There's times that we just need to say to this flesh, no, no, no. You're not leading me. God's leading me. The devil knew Jesus was hungry, but the devil didn't realize that Jesus was in training. He was training his flesh to overcome the temptation. Look at the difference between Jesus and the Israelites in the wilderness. When the Israelites became hungry, they immediately started to complain to God. Why have you taken us out of Egypt? Why have you led us into the wilderness? At least while we were slaves, we still had food to eat. And they started complaining to God. Then after God miraculously provided manna from heaven... They complained again because they were unhappy with the food choice. Really, God? This is what you're going to give me? Come on. And they were just complaining. And it reminds me so much of when Pastor Johnny and I, we went to Haiti about eight or nine years ago. And I remember going to Haiti and went into the, well, we went to several orphanages. But I, I remember this one orphanage specifically in Haiti where these kids, there must have been about 60, 70, 80 kids. And there was two women that were taking care of this orphanage all by themselves. And Convoy of Hope would provide food for them. But every day what the food was was beans and rice. Every single day of their life was beans and rice. And yet when I walked into that orphanage, these kids were happy. These kids had smiles on their face. They were grateful that God had provided a meal for them that day. 
See, Jesus overcame his hunger because he placed his dependence upon God, not upon his flesh. Fasting helps us to reposition our thinking. It helps us put greater trust in God than, our, in, than in our human resources. Fasting is both spiritually beneficial and physically beneficial to your life. It's good to deny your flesh from those things that you have become too reliant upon. See, sometimes we become so reliant on things from our flesh that all of a sudden we become more reliant on that than to become reliant on God. When Jesus went into temptation, he said, no, 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 it's not going to happen that way. You're not going to tempt me with bread. Guess what? I'm going to be 100% reliant upon my heavenly Father. Fasting helps us to prepare for spiritual battles in our life because we become more reliant on God than the things of this flesh. A second thought regarding why Jesus fasted prior to his temptation. Fasting is an exercise for the heart. Throughout Scripture, we are called, and you'll see that throughout Scripture, if you read your Bibles, that there's times we're called to deny our flesh. Take up your cross and follow me. There's times we're called to to deny our flesh. Fasting is that opportunity where we can deprive our flesh and expose our heart. When we go without, it quickly exposes what controls our thinking and desires. I don't know if you've ever tried fasting, but when I fast, I get agitated. I just do. I don't have food, so I just get kind of... And I have, I have to learn that there's something inside of me that wants to get angry. Why don't I have dessert tonight? Why don't... You know what I'm saying? And so what it does, it gives me opportunity to go, hey, there's something in my heart that shouldn't be there. And I can start working on that, what's inside my heart, because it exposes what's in my heart. Richard Foster writes it this way. He's the author of Celebration of Discipline. Great book. Read it back in college. Still a great book, even all these days later. And he writes, more than any other single discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. This is a wonderful benefit to a true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what is inside of us with food and other good things. But in fasting, these things surface. If pride controls us, it will be revealed almost immediately. David said, King David, I humbled my soul with fasting. Psalm 69.10. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear, if they are within us, they will surface during fasting. At first, we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger. Then we know that we are angry because the spirit of anger is within us. We can rejoice. I love this last sentence that Richard Foster writes. We can rejoice in this knowledge. See, all of a sudden, something is brought to light. Oh, there's something in me here that's not good. We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that healing is available through the power of Jesus Christ. Fasting exposes what's in our heart. It's a great spiritual exercise. For the Israelites, going without food exposed their anger, their bitterness, their fear. They wished to go back to Egypt where they were slaves. God had just set them free, miraculously, part of the Red Sea. God had set them free. He said, you are free from this bondage where you're being whipped, where you're being tormented, where you're being treated so horribly, but they were being fed. But he set them free from all this. But because they went out to the wilderness, and 
I, just think about the Red Sea parted and you walk through dry land, you get to the other side, but as soon as you become hungry, God, what have you done to us? What does it say that they wanted to go back to Egypt where they were slaves? What does that say? It states they had more trust in their bondage in Egypt than in God. And I was thinking about that, and it hit me so hard. Pastor Tom, what do you put more trust in than in God? What is in your life that you trust more than than in God? They trusted Egypt more than they trusted God. It's one of the reasons why I challenge our church to give generously, to make sacrifices in your finances, so that you're always putting God first in every area of your life, including your finances. Because in the Bible, it talks about finances a lot because it's one of the things that gets in, our, in the way of our life. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and mammon. Possessions. Sometimes it's good to fast, catch us, purchasing. Boy, I got one amen. That was really good. I didn't think I'd get 80, so that was really good. Can you imagine going without shopping? Going without buying anything for a little bit? If you did... I think you'd find out very quickly what you're dependent upon. Are you dependent upon your money or are you dependent upon God? Remember, money is not evil, but it's our love and dependence on money that can become an idol in our life. Make sure it doesn't become an idol in your life. The devil was trying to tempt Jesus to turn those stones into bread. Jesus refused to put his trust in bread. Jesus put his trust in God alone. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And remember, when, when God poured uh, down manna from heaven to feed the Israelites, the bread-like substance, it was a seed like I shared before. It was a seed that they would ground into kind of cakes and different things that they would eat. When, when, they, when he poured down that from, from heaven, it only lasted a day. The only time it lasted more than a day was on Friday. There would be a double collection on Friday so that on Saturday, the Sabbath, they would not have to work. So on that day, it would last two days. Otherwise, it would last only one day. And if they would try to save it, and they did, they tried to store it. And when they stored it, they'd, they'd look at it and it had already spoiled. There was worms inside of it. It only lasted one day. He would rain down manna from heaven each and every day. Why did God rain down manna from heaven every day? Why didn't he let them store the manna for them? Because he didn't want them to become dependent upon the manna. He wanted them to become dependent upon him. You see, so many times we can become dependent on the provisions or the blessings that God has given us. And all of a sudden now we put our faith in those blessings instead of putting our faith in the one who gave us the provision and the blessings in the first place. God's blessings. God didn't want the Israelites to put their trust in man. He wanted his, their trust in him. When we fast, we are demonstrating to God that our heart is focused on him and not the provisions that he has provided us. Doesn't mean we shouldn't be thankful for God's provisions. We should give thanks to God. In fact, that's one of the things that we should do to continue to keep our heart in the right direction when we are blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessing. 
Because I know I can't, in my own strength, I can't do it. If you didn't give me the abilities, if you didn't create me, if you didn't give me hands to work with, if you didn't give me feet to walk, if you didn't give me a mind to think, I would never have anything that you have blessed me with. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings in my life. We should be thankful. It's an important truth for us to remember. Listen, and I want to bring this around because I think it's so good. Listen to the warning that Moses gives to the children of Israel. As they're about ready to walk into the promised land, as he's t- telling them that Joshua's going to lead them in the ch- promised land, Moses gives them this warning in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I want to read the verses. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years, 40 years. Now they're coming to the promised land. Listen to verses 11 through 14. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, not in a good way, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Verse 17. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. It's so easy in life to forget that it is God who has blessed me. It is God who has given me the abilities. We want to selfishly think that, you know what, I am self-made. I did this on my own. Look at what I have done. And man, so many times when that spirit wants to jump on us, man, man, we should enter into a fast and say, oh, no, 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 no. You know what? It is only through the, just the grace and the mercy of God that I have what I have because God has blessed me abundantly. Yes. Fasting should quickly remind you and me, that our dependence is on God and God alone. The Israelites were about ready to step into their promised land, a land filled with prosperity. But would they soon forget the one who brought them out of the bondage of slavery? In the wilderness, the Israelites had to depend on God. Every single day of their life, they had to depend on God for their sustenance. But in this new land filled with abundance, would they forget that it's still God who was providing It's vital as followers of Jesus that we never forget that Jesus is our Savior, that he is our Redeemer. And it's by his grace that we have been set free from the judgment of sin, from the bondage of sin. By by our faith in Jesus Christ, we've been set free. Do you know, I was thinking about it today, and it just hit me so hard. I'm going to just digress. I'm sorry. I got time. I was worshiping the Lord here today, and the Lord just dropped a thought into my head that was so amazing, it just shook me. I'm going to try to say it without crying, but maybe it's a word for some of you here today. It was a word, you are holy. And I think about all my faults, all my failures, all my struggles, and then The God of heaven just speaks to me, you are holy. And it hit me. I am not holy except through Jesus. It's his righteousness in my life where I am 100% holy in God's eyes because of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
you, if you have your faith in Jesus Christ, you are holy. And that's the only way we enter into heaven is our holiness through Jesus Christ. Just a no extra cost for that right there. The goal of our fast is to bring us closer to Jesus, to become more reliant on Jesus than our own selfish desires. During our 21-day fast, I will guarantee you there will be times where you're going to be challenged. <laughs> if you're doing the 21-day fast, if you're really fasting, whatever it is, but especially food, it's going to challenge you. If you're doing a Daniel fast, you're going to get so tired of carrots and peas and beans and all that kind of stuff. But in that time when you start getting tired physically, you're going to start putting more reliance upon my heaven, your heavenly Father, upon Jesus. And you're going to say, you can bring me through this. You can help me. And what you're really doing is what a person does when they go into a gym and they start working out physically and they start building muscles. What you're doing is you're working out spiritually and you're starting to build spiritual muscles to get you through. Guess what? Whatever might come in 2024, man, we're going to start off this 21-day fast now and we're going to get ready for battle because if there is a battle, I'm going to win because Jesus Christ is on my side and he is with me. And if, if he is with me, who can be against me? Because I'm going to walk in faith and put my trust in Jesus. Believe in him. The goal of this fast is to bring you closer to Jesus. It's to prepare us for spiritual battles that might lie ahead. Man, I pray for 2024, I'm just filled with blessings. Just bless me abundantly, Lord, and I'll give you praise. But if something comes my way, I want to be prepared. I want to be ready. Jesus is ready for the temptation in the wilderness. Man, that, I, don't know if I, I don't know for sure, but man, that seemed like a short battle to me. When I read through that scripture, it just seemed, I mean, Jesus was so matter of fact. Man should not live by bread alone, but only by the, I mean, he just goes right at it. Boom, 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 boom. It's like the battle was over before he even started. It was like a knockout in round one, like first 10 seconds. Bam, devil's down, Jesus wins. Because he was ready. Are you ready for 2024? Are you ready? You can get ready through fasting and praying and putting your trust in Jesus Christ. David writes these words. I end with this. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Your word is powerful, it is strong. And I pray over each and every one of us this week as we begin this fast that, Lord God, you will give us strength. That, Lord, we will grow closer to you than ever before. For some who maybe are struggling after through the Christmas and the holidays, maybe discouragement has tried to set in, God, I pray that each and every one of us will just kind of slow everything down put some things aside and say, Lord, my focus is on you. Lord, we want to walk into 2024 with your presence stronger in our lives than ever before. And we are so grateful that we serve a wonderful God. We love you, Lord Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. 
For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.